This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Afongard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And joining us, a very special guest. Um, you might know him as NRL Physio. We just know him as Brian. Uh, Brian Sini, welcome. How are we going, guys? Good to be on. Well, yeah, I've been in healthier states. But, <laughs> I was going to um, say, we're doing better are. than you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, got laid up uh, laid up with the vid this week. Mm. So, uh, yeah, happy to the jump vid. on. The vid, I haven't heard that yet. You're speaking, like to two, you're, speaking to, you're speaking to two boys who are built different, who can't get it. So we're not the people you want to be cr- looking for for a shoulder to cry on, but we do hope you get better soon. Yes, boys. Yeah. Um, all right. So without any further ado, let's jump into, I guess, the start of the trials from the weekend. Uh, work our way forward. Um, Friday night, there was a doubleheader at Leichhardt, torrential rain. Um, and again, no, uh, we spoke before we started the recording about people having arguments that, with like no one, they, they they put out statements that no one was arguing the counterpoint to, and the oh, they told me Tommy Turbo was a one season wonder. Like, no one said that. Literally, no one suggested that. Uh, and it's also the preseason. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, he, no he, one he, said he, that. he he was good though. Yeah, I mean, nobody's ever said Tom Devoy out of the two brothers. No one's ever said he's not a good player ever. Like ever. No. It, yeah, it's like people had concern. I mean, again, last preseason, Manly fans wanted to get rid of him for Christ's sake. We've been there. He's hamstring injury in his contract and whatever. No one's ever questioned how good Tommy Turbo is. As you said, people arguing with no one. Like, people said it was a one-season thing. Did they? Find me, not one person, find me three people. Because one yeah. person can happen. Find me three people who said that. <laughs> yeah. But also, whenever these things come out, it's not even, even if they do have someone, these articles that are written, it's like, you know, they said Tommy Turbo was only going to be one season. You go into the article and it's like three Twitter users with the name Mark 10 yeah. numbers being like, oh... Tommy Mate, Turbo that, sucks. When I in my, in my <laughs> yeah. in my past, like in my past life, was like on the news desk rather than the sports desk. And I guess Fox Sports does this with sports stuff. But like, um, I used to hate that. Like, like oh, this, this thing sparked outrage online. It was just like four <laughs> losers. It was like who the fuck cares what these people think? Like this thing didn't spark oh, outrage. Ninety nine percent of people don't care. And ninety nine percent of people know that Tontovovich is really bloody good. Um, my favorite thing about trials is some guy you've never heard of, and everyone goes, "Where's this guy been?" Uh, with a uh, Ray Vega scoring a hat-trick in the second half for Manly. Um, the fast guy didn't get into the clear, which I was disappointed by. Yeah. Uh, well, I think what we need to talk about is that the Tigers obviously lost because they probably only had one captain during that game and not five. <laughs> it's true. It was a lack um, of leadership. Now, people have been saying that online. <laughs> like, like, that, one is, <laughs> that one's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it, you don't want to read too much into these things, especially given that in the first half when the actual first graders are playing, Manly had a massive wind at their backs, which obviously helped. Tom, uh, DC banged a great 40-20 as well. Um, but, yeah, look, I don't know. We don't want to read too much into this. I did think Tommy's touches were very nice. He looks nice and sharp. DC kicked well. Manly will be fine. Um, yeah. In the other game, only though, a few things to take out of these games, yeah. Yeah. In the other game, though, I think there is a little bit to talk about because I, I, I think there's a genuine fullback controversy in the nation's capital. I've been taking the piss with that, with our Raiders fans on Discord for like months. And I didn't realize yeah. it was like going to turn into, it's like become a thing. It's actually yeah. a thing. I'm just taking the piss. It's like, pick the fast guy. He's the most fun. But it's mm. like, but he's like, really good. It turns obviously out. Obviously for mine, I was a chance man. I still am a chance man. And round one this season, I think chance is the fullback and he should be. 
but it, it has turned into a weird controversy somehow. I don't know how. Like, obviously, X has a lot of potential. His bags of potential. And he did good and bad things in this game, but it just feels like like Nickel Clockstar or Clockstar, whatever is that is by far the best fullback for for now. And Savage can just play somewhere else. <laughs> he, it's like that's. <laughs> like chance might need to play hooker again if if things yeah. go awry as he did in this game which was great at one point they had five eighth jared croker and hooker chance nickel clister it was, it was, that was fun. it's but, actually it's going to be so interesting to see how that kind of stuff plays out this season it'll keep i mean what's right? that the first yeah well this well, like i said on twitter at the time like you got to get used to people being ruled out more often but i think the crazy thing isn't just people being ruled out it's stuff like as say mm. like chance getting in at hooker because they've got no one else it's like how big are these game day squads going to be? How many positions do they need to cover? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, I don't usually air personal beefs on this podcast, but Nick Hampton and I talk about James Bond every day. We, we exchange text messages about Casino Royale all, like most of the Democrat all the time. He did not tell me they had a player whose name was pretty much the bad guy from GoldenEye. I had to find that up myself when Adrian Trevelyan played hooker for Canberra last Friday night and scored a try. I'm upset. Yeah, well, yeah, I do like though those game day squads you said, like, who knows? Because how it ha- people don't know what happened. People don't really pay attention to preseason. Yeah. We had one player ruled out with coronavirus and then his roommate. You know, yeah. so it's a thing. I didn't think about that. That could be a thing during the season. It could be like, Which- hey, these three guys had coffee this morning and now they're all out of the game. Well, that Trevelyan guy is the reigning Peter Sterling medalist because obviously the last two years the COVID fucked the schoolboy comp up. But so I, I would imagine they have pretty high hopes for him going forward. I thought all the young guys in this game looked pretty good. Again, it's only a trial. Roos has rested most of the good players. You don't want to get ahead of yourself. But like that Nichols guy looked pretty sharp. Um, uh, and um, the English guy that George was raving about, he had some good touches as well. Um, not sharp. Lachlan Lamb. No, yeah, he's, no. he's not great. No, he's like to put him in there because Teddy's not gonna, or like you know, they don't want to disrupt it or, or something like that. But I'm like, surely they can, you know, they've got some other young fella who can they can throw in there. I just don't think Liam is, is a good, uh, yeah. good person to plug a hole. And they've got interesting, they've got like Ronald Volkman there who's like a really good, he was good. I like some of these touches that he had. I really like it, man. It just it's weird one for them because. They you know, usually don't lose players of his quality, but there isn't really a way for him in a first grade considering Sam Walker is like his age. And then Luke Keery is also not very old. It's like, that's, I don't think he's going to sit there forever. No. I don't think there's there's a uh, new team entering the NRL in twenty. Well, they've already poached the all, yeah. hottest young halfback prospect in the game. I mean, we were going to talk about that later, but it's just Wait. let itself into naturally. So we may as well talk about it now. Um, the younger brother of Sione Katoa, not that Sione Katoa, the other Sione Katoa. Um, the one who's now a pastor in Brisbane, I think. <laughs> is he? There you go. Yeah, is he at Sony so. Church right now? Can we go? Yeah, he might be. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's signed with the Dolphins. I mean, there's... Rep- and, you know, you take this stuff with a grain of salt because there's been a million next Sunny Bills, next next JTs, next whoever, but they're saying he's the, the best young halfback prospect in the game, Brian, and you've got him. Look, mate, we're just, we're, we've come from a long lineage of just buying premierships. Uh, you mm. know, we don't raise any juniors. Uh, Brian Fletcher, you know, told me as much. So, uh, yeah, no, happy to finally sign someone under the age of 35. It's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true. He'll count, like, he'll work well with your inaugural captain, Mark Nichols, and a few other <laughs> forwards. Um, 
But yeah, it's interesting. That, those comments as well. And look, we're talking about it. Let's just riff on it. But like, Panthers fans must cringe every time Brian they Fletcher do. gets quoted about something, right? Like, because <laughs> oh, like, like, what's his point? Like, oh, they're going to be a better system. It's like, what do you mean? He wants to play in the halves. You have Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary with 25 and 24. He's not going to sit there until he's 27 and wait behind them. Yes, like, he goddamn will. Hey, great. <laughs> because we <laughs> raised him from a child. Yeah. Like, I, I, but like, what do you want as compensation? You, you, you're, you're already you have the leagues club. You're already one of the most cash rich clubs. Like, what, what do you want from this? Do you, do you want to, you want a hand? Do you want to, do you want, do you want to like a side? Do you want like some horses from from Wayne's yeah. farm as 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 collateral? Like, what, what? I, I do uh, believe it. You know, I believe there should be some form of rookie contract. I agree. Or I agree. We've been through that, but it's like miss me pouring one out for fucking Penrith who fund their junior system on the misery of people with the poke. Like it's pokey machines. They're not some genius club that have all this money from somewhere. It's funded on pe- pokey machines. Are we going to give money if they get compensated for Isaiah Katoa? Are you giving money back to the people who put money in the pokey's machines? Where's the compensation mm-hmm. end? Like, shut the mm-hmm. fuck up, Ryan Fletcher. Yeah, no it's one, great. like he's just it's just so obvious that he gets the phone call from whatever journalist after anything happens to Penrith and they're like laughing is, like look is he? Brian's gonna give me money he's gonna give me is, money calls him up and he fucking wait, just lets go I think he's the Michael Scott of the NRL yeah. like <laughs> at some point he's gonna roll out some sort of golden ticket idea for a Penrith home game next year it's gonna be great Gen- genuinely I don't think there's many clubs out there who wouldn't kill to be in the position that the Panthers are in with their no. like junior pathways and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. you know, they, that it's a, it's a desirable position to be in, not a position to be like, Oh, we've got, we're really hard done by. I can't believe it. Like, yeah, that, that's what blows me away is if, yeah. if, you know, if like, I, I love the dolphins. If the dolphins could have that pathway next year going into the NRL, I'd take it in a heartbeat. And yeah. like, like we lost, we lost Luke Keary because, and well, there was external factors as well, but objectively there was no spot for him in the team with Walker and Reynolds there. And like, you've lost Mitch. The Broncos have lost a ton of young guys who are really good. There's over plenty the, of over spots the... for them though. Well, there's plenty <laughs> of spots for them now. <laughs> but like, if they all go, go, it's a problem. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, as you said, it's, it's difficult to feel sympathy for the team that's just won a comp and has like a very, very good, solid young team still in well, the yeah, works. They won the and... comp on the benefits and things they're bitching about. It's like, I don't understand. Like, well, you did the thing. That's that's the pinnacle of what you can do in rugby. Like, you did that thing. And you're still talking about how like, the game's a joke. It's like... Speaking of like interesting, whatever. isn't it weird how like I, I pulled this I pulled this up from time. I look at the, like, the winners of the Peter Sterling medal. So for the best schoolboy player. And it kind of like comes and goes with like like there seems to be like a run of like guys who make first grade and guys who don't like if you go back to like the 70s and 80s like in a row there was peter sterling ivan henjack ben elias paul Langmack, greg alexander blah 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 and then like there was a period before bo champion played first grade for south where like none of the guys in the late 90s played first grade but then after that you had ben Teo, adam reynolds ryan james jordan kahu and then again you had no one for like five years and then you had Payne half for feeder tom did back to back to back it's very strange how it says like you go on runs of like these five year runs where the school boy players turn out to be good first graders, and then the next five where they just like don't play in the NRL and don't even have a Wikipedia page. Oh yeah, you never actually heard of them. Some of them, you know, yeah. Who's Julian Christian Mitchell? He got I, it. Between, I don't know. He got it the year before Payne Haas did. He doesn't have a Wikipedia. I have no idea who Julian Christian is. There you go. That's no, weird that that happens. So he's playing for Ipswich in the QRL. Good on him. All right. Uh, Saturday's trials. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of these, if I'm being honest, and I did not go back and watch them. But um, uh, I don't really like South didn't play any first graders, so I don't really know what to read into that. Um, 
I don't know what the Cowboys did. I, I, I paid very little attention, but um, there was what what else happened, Mitchell? What, what did you guys do? You drew with the Titans, did you? We who did. We lots of, talk about that. Who, who played in that? Well, you know, most of the most of the fellas played in that bar, like Tessie New, Adam Reynolds, uh, Herbie. Uh, yeah, again, there's not a lot to take from these games often, but for me, the, the main takeaway as a Broncos fan was I thought Corey Pakes was exceptional in the second half off the bench at, at Hooker. And uh, hopefully, and he's starting a trial this weekend. Hopefully, he can challenge Jake Turpin. If not, maybe, you know, over the year, can take more of that role, maybe take the job down the line. There's, I just think there's a lot more potential on Corey, and his service is much nicer. And the team rolls forward when he's on the, uh, you know, on the board, Hooker. And I also thought Kobe Hetherington really played well and outplayed Paddy Carrigan again. But we know those things. We knew that. We knew the Broncos six situation shit. We knew Katoni Staggs, like, good when he gets the ball 10 metres out. Cobbo's a talent. They both can't defend. Like, most of the games when you're at preseason, you just see – you already know most of the things, you know. So, the main takeaways for me was I don't actually give a shit who plays six for Brisbane in round one. They all suck. I don't care. Like, Walters or Kelly or Gamble, I don't care. Whoever can play. Just sit there hoping Tamari Martin or Ezra Mam get get a run later in the year. I don't want to just throw them in at the start and hope. I don't. That doesn't really matter. Really, that doesn't matter. And also hope that David Mead's not fullback round one. So maybe Cobo gets it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, like Kev's basically said, it'll be Mam in round one, which I know you weren't a fan of when we spoke about it last week for the reason. Mam in round one. That's what he said. No, no he said Walters. No, Kev, Walters. Yeah. Oh, I've been misled. You have been missing. Mitch, I, I want to know from you, actually, because I heard a little bit about it. And, of course, you know, the journos can blow shit out of proportion. But genuinely, my first thought when I heard that Adam Reynolds was missing this week because he had general leg soreness, and now there's all these other reports of, like, He's your problem now. Sore, I'm like, yeah, but also, Bungard, I'm, I'm kind of a bit like I'm what's going joking. on behind the scenes, like, to make like you shouldn't have your your you know your star recruit having leg soreness at this point in the preseason well, and not able to play a game. He's got, a, he's got a, a kick, bit. Brian. Kicking's hard. Well, it's him. It's Payne Haas with hamstring soreness, and Haas has yeah. not been reported for some reason. Yeah, and um, there's Tessie did his hammy as well. Yeah. And as, as you know, Brian, it's not really in preseason as well. It's not really coincidence when you have soft tissue. Injuries all yes. the same nature. It's not really like you can oh, plan everything, mate. Like, yeah, like you know that that's what blows me away a little bit. Well, the quotes are fine. They made a change in their conditioning staff last season, mid-year, and it was one of those things. Like Kevy said it this week. Oh, everyone was having a go on us for not flogging our players enough last year, and it's like, mate, just because the media is saying it doesn't mean it's true. Like you're supposed to touch trust this performance staff to to manage workloads of all those players, and it's much more managed now than it was in the past, and. The answer isn't just flog the guys, you know, when they're losing. Yeah. People think, like, a lot of idiots online think that. Or we've all been there. We played sports at, like, 14, and our coach, like, when you had a couple of bad weeks, made you do extra laps. It's not real life. That's like a Disney movie. Like, it's That's like actually... Seabold's train at 120% or whatever yeah. the, you know, fuck yeah. that was. So, like, but, you know. And they've obviously had the players stand up and have been... T- I don't know much about that part, the players standing up and talking about the strength and conditioning there. But if all your players are like, hey, you're kind of just running us in the ground for no reason, not a great thing. No. Like, I, 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 yeah, I just can't believe that it's gotten to a point that, yeah, Adam, like, there's no way you can tell me that they didn't want Reynolds to play a trial game with, like, you know, to form some combinations and stuff like that. Yeah. 
So if they try and sell it like, oh, we never really wanted him to play a trial, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. And, yeah, I just think it, it it just stinks a little bit of, you know, how's the management of their training loads gone there? It's a, yeah. bit, of a bit of a concern. It is, and it's and it makes you wonder as well. Like, those guys like Reynolds probably shouldn't be on a full load anyway. Yeah. And he, maybe he isn't, but it's like, yeah, maybe that's that's the one guy we have to really, really, really protect him of because, like, I truly believe, and I've heard from the training stuff, it's like the gap between him playing for us and not playing, it's like him playing with like a rugby league team and not playing with like wooden spooners, you know? And, yeah. I, I, and like, I believe that'll be the same thing this year because like the, the other guys, like Kelly, Walters, whoever, they're, they're not first grade standard. Yeah. And, you know, and neither really is the nine jersey at the moment. And then, you know, Tessie, much I like him at the back, isn't really one of the top 10 fullbacks in the competition either. It's like, so they really need Reynolds out there steering the team around and, and giving them direction. And maybe he should have been cotton walled a bit earlier. And as you said, they probably would have wanted him to play 40 minutes of the trial, yes. something. So yeah, there's there's obviously something at play there. And it's if he gets injured in round one, I'm just I don't know, I might cry. <laughs> because he's having a round one. <laughs> that might be it for me. I, I think you should just I already. think you should just rest him in round one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, you you'd know yourself, Bugard, from from the years of Reynolds being at South, is that his injuries are overrated. It's like, great. You think he's dead, and then he's like two weeks later, he's like, oh yeah, no, yeah. He's definitely been a guy. He's has had niggles forever, but he's not been the dude to miss a lot of footy. Like people think he misses heaps of games, and you know, you all think back to like, in my head, he's missed more football than he has. My favorite, like, my favorite one ever is if you remember Good Friday. Um, Good Friday 2015 when uh, James Graham did the charge down on him and everyone was always torn his ACL and he got carried off the field and um, yeah. he played like four weeks later. Yeah, well, he play, he's played over 20 games every year bar two of them. He's played all the yeah. games in like five of his years. Which People really do forget. They, they I think the, yeah. And the year he played his least, least games, he played Origin as well. So it was like the club rested him around that. It was like, so he still played 18 games with Origin included. So Well, it was like, I think two or three years ago when I, you know, do my odd stats dive and I did like a, I put out a post being like, who do you think's injury prone? And I think we even spoke about it on here a little bit because I think Mitch got really upset at me because I revealed just how injury prone Justin Hodges was. Um, had, but yeah, well, I'm still upset about it. <laughs> well, he was right. He was very, he was very correct. Your numbers can prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> but Reynolds, he played like he played like over ninety percent of games yeah. in his career, and that's with an ACL mixed in there as well. So, yeah, no, I think he like yeah, it's all overblown. But it's still a concern of mine that it's going into round one not in his best shape. That's my concern. Oh, like, massive! Like, yeah, massive. Yeah, I think it's huge. Like, I think it's a bigger story than probably I think a lot of people realize. In that, like, you obviously have like your. Curry Mal and stuff like that who come out and be like, oh, it's a crisis, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think mm. it's that. But also I think mm. a lot of fans just sort of fob it off as, oh, he's just a little bit sore. He's going to miss this week. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of a bit bigger deal than that because, yeah, yeah. like obviously that soreness, as you said, like if, if they want him to play round one and he's still a little bit sore, like that soreness is a precursor for injury. So it actually indicates that his risk of sort of soft tissue injury in his lower limb is increased if he has to play through pain. So I'm like, yeah. oh man, it's just not a good place to be. Correct, but it's we spend like people spend like two weeks talking about if Jordan Pereira is the winger or not. Like yeah. anyone actually gives a shit. It's like <laughs> people sitting there cooping up lineups two weeks. That could be the difference. Tuesday. No one gives a shit. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> let's worry about Adam Reynolds. Fuck, if yeah, Andrew Perry no, is a winger around, no like, doesn't matter. to pick Adam Reynolds in their supercoach team. Yeah, so I know. it's not a story. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you people, it doesn't matter if Pereira is playing around. Even if he's playing, don't pick him in your supercoach team because if he's playing, the likelihood of him keeping that spot is fucking near zero. <laughs> don't pick him. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, uh, the other uh, thing to take well, away from this, that game yeah. uh, that weekend, Chanel Harris-Savita, fullback, if Reese Walton Yes. Not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I mean, get him in the halves and get him in a Dolphins jersey because I still have a soft spot for Chanel. But, yeah, fullback, what's doing? Well, he's so defensively strong in the line as well, old Chanel. It's a weird one. And then it's like, so I guess you're saying that, like, one of the other guys is the 5'8", because they wouldn't move their first choice 5'8". So it's like Ash Taylor or Cody is the first choice 5'8". I can't believe Chanel is third in that list. I, that just blows me away. I'm more than happy to take him off their hands. Well, it's, it's bizarre. Like, how many other clubs out there have like no 5'8", like Brisbane, or like the Bulldogs haven't got a halfback really? And then they've got like Ash and Cody and Chanel, and Chanel's last in the list. Yeah. And it's I mean, so- look, you like I could take that as like, that's an indictment on Chanel, but I don't know. I, I just like, I'm not the greatest footy brain out there, but I've like, you know, and I know you guys have spoken well about him in the past as well. I just think he, you know, he does have, you know, something there that he could be a really, really solid first grader. Yeah. And I don't think there was much to take out of the South and uh, Cowboys trial because like Cowboys essentially didn't name anyone who's going to play first grade in week one and South weren't far off that. They both named pretty much full strength this week, which is different for South. They don't usually do full strength charity shield, but they're both pretty close to full strength well, this week. So no Cam Murray, no Latrell Mitchell, but yeah. Yeah, so it's saying pretty close. And you know, for, for the Cowboys, no Tamalolo. But that's interesting for them for this weekend anyway. So you know Jeremiah Nanai has already named the back row with with Lukey. So that might be the back row in round one, which is interesting. And the other one is that looks like Dean and Drinkwater are going to split minutes in the trial this week to juke it out for round one. And it's like, um, you, you, you can't be serious. Speaking of halves battles, um, I did enjoy Trent Barrett's com- comments after their draw with Newcastle in their trial, where he was basically just like, yeah, look, we, we really need Bat Burton to come in and do all the playmaking. I'm not paraphrasing very much. That's pretty much yeah. what he said. Yeah. Well, um. I mean, that game, I guess, takeaways from Mazel Skip heads there. Uh, I thought Adam Clune was competent, which is just good for, for Newey. That's what, obviously what they're looking for with uh, Mitch Pierce gone. And then, yeah, the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's the Bulldogs. Tom Young was <laughs> like, good, I thought, for the Knights, like as per usual. I thought yeah. he, you know, carried strongly. Yeah, and he probably, you know, we don't know if he's in there round one or not, Dom Young, but we do know we'll see a lot more of him over the, over the year anyway, so. Looks like a good prospect. But yeah, I do think Adam Clune might st- step in and do a, a better than expected job, you know, going in there and filling in for Mitch Pierce. Still like Chris Randall as a nine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And they haven't got a backup. We all thought Sigiaro was going there. Then Sigiaro signs like Manly's feeder club. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. So I don't think there's much from that game for me. Otherwise, like, you know, obviously Dogs fans would be happy to see Dufty set up a try in that game. And then, you know, they got to see Paul Vaughan and, and Pangai in, in uh, dog's colours. Paul Adamotti has a lot of raps on him, but he was showed that he wasn't really ready for first grade yet. They're like, not too bad ball in hand, but his defence is all over the shop. So he'll learn learn some time and cup this year. 
Um, who else? Well, the other games we had that weekend. Oh, we also had the Eels. Uh, I was big, game. big on the big on the Dragons. Was um, you know, and once again, my bias towards injuries. But it was crazy to see George, George, Tom, George, George. No, which one? George, <laughs> George. <laughs> George. A Burgess. Um, yeah, A Burgess <laughs> back after getting his hip effectively replaced, which is. The first time that's ever happened in professional rugby league, which is pretty cool. Crazy, yeah. Um, and you, uh, uh, the other thing to come out of that game, of course, probably the main story of the weekend is is Hayes Dunster being out for the season with a just his knees completely fucked as a result of that hip Everything. drop tackle, which um, Tyrell Fumona is going to miss five games for. You were very not happy about this, Brian. Yeah, look, like I just like I'm obviously not happy about the injury and and then and tackle on that sucks. The more I think and like I always, you know, get get frustrated by the response behind, you know, what has happened. And it was quite, you know, either end as often it happens. You know, you had I had people in my mentions sort of saying, you know, Hayes Dunster's out for a year, Fui Maino Aino should be out for the same amount of time, and then you had people at the other end being like, oh, it's fine. It's just a part of footy. Like you don't need any suspension whatsoever. And I just think like I get so frustrated because I'm like, this is a tackle technique that is not something that has been around since forever, right? It is something that has come in a lot more in recent years, mainly because of the evolving tackle technique of, you know, the first two guys go high, hold the player up and then the third one comes in hits the hips because he can't hit the knees because the cannonball's gone and then he drops his hip onto the lower leg and what that has evolved into is it's crept into other tackles as well and all it is is it's it's extremely dangerous for the ball carrier it causes a lot of syndesmosis injuries it needs surgery a lot of mcl acl those kind of injuries and the people are like oh you know it's always been part like like no it hasn't oh like it kills me like head highs used to be part of the game like spear tackles used to be part of the game we recognize that a they're not a tackle that needs to occur and b mm-hmm. we get them like we punish them we get them out of the game for the safety of the players because effectively and i think this is the key that i keep coming back to is that i don't think people understand that once they decide to remove both of their feet from the ground mm-hmm. it's usually because they're being beaten in the tackle it's because because I had people going, oh, but, you know, the um, Dunster was dry, leg driving, so he needed to do that. And I'm like, no, it, it, like, that's exactly right. He did need to do that because he was getting beaten in the tackle. So his options are either get beaten in the tackle and try and figure out a safe way to bring the guy down or perform an illegal tackle and hope you don't screw up his legs. Like, and it's the same if you get, like my example is if you get stepped, right? If you get stepped and you're like, oh shit, I've been beaten. Do you throw out a hand and clock the guy in the face because you've been wrong footed? Or do you just let the guy go past? Cause you're like, oh shit, I've been beaten. That's the decision. Am I Jack Hetherington? Yeah. Yeah. It just does my head in. Mate, in the mechanism with, with for my owner on this one as well, it's like, it really isn't that far for him to go and, you know, drop down and tackle around the ankles, you know, to, as in like exactly. slide down his body and wrap around. Yes. Ankles. And I know, and the problem there obviously is because he's supposed to win the tackle. It's not that he's supposed to yep. bring him down. He's supposed to win and get exactly. on top of him. So he's supposed to, he's putting his, his legs through his knees, essentially, sorry, his body through his knees coming off the ground so he can get on top of Hayes Dunster. Because yeah, but if he Hayes gets, has beaten him. That's the, yeah, exactly right. But he's doing, because if he slides down and, and get, tackles, by the, tackles him by the ankles, Hayes wins the play the ball. Hayes gets to go right. up and play instantly. 
but it's like, okay, maybe players should think a bit more about protecting the other guy they're tackling and a little bit less about one quick play the ball because yeah. like Hayes Dunster, as we all know, dates his it, it, anyway, fellow professional anyway, but dates his sister. It's like he's ended the season of Hayes and who knows how much that'll affect him considering it's he's done everything in his knee, all the ligaments, they're all done. Yeah, it's going to be a knows long how, recovery. Long recovery in a fucking preseason game. Because he took his feet off the ground. Yeah, like, and the, and the whole thing of you know, oh, he didn't mean to do it. He's he's you know, they're obviously good friends and stuff like it. that. If they, no one ever like we've spoken about this like three or four times on this pod, but I'll say it again: no one ever means to do this shit. Like Jack mm. Hetherington, who is like the loosest unit, probably still doesn't mean to do the stupid shit that he does. He just mm-hmm. has no filter, right? He has no off switch. He just goes in. He doesn't fly in to take guys' heads off purposely. No. He just like he doesn't have that off switch to be like, okay, I've got to perform good technique here. And and purely and simply, the way that Fui Mayono tackled Dunster is poor technique. Whether you recognize that either. as a fan, exactly. And whether you recognize that as a fan or not, it is poor technique. Because what it is, it's it's an easier, it's Fui Mayono cutting a corner to win, as you say, win the tackle. But the way that he cuts the corner is he puts extreme risk to the ball carriers, knees, ankles, you know, lower leg, all that kind of stuff. We, we even had, I went back and checked, we had two lower leg fractures from hip drop tackles last year. Like they, they're happening more and more often because it's an easy way to win the, win the play the ball. But if you, if you do that, and I think I had a Super League ref in my mentions actually, he described it really well. He's like, the way that we look at it is as soon as both feet are off the ground, that player is determined to have lost control of the tackle. So anything mm-hmm. that results from that loss of control, they are going to be judged as like reckless or careless because they, they've taken their feet off the ground. Yeah, that's it. Now, and it was people acting like Fulmano has no options. It's like before he takes his second foot off the ground, he has options. You yeah, know? exactly. And that's a conscious choice that he makes. And it's money's made before and other players have. But if I, like, I'm not sure how they get rid of it completely. No. But there has to be some more boundaries brought around it because this is like almost all of them, not all of them, sorry, almost all serious lower leg injuries at the moment are coming from like hip drops or similar mechanisms to hip drops. I believe anyway, you can tell me. No, they are 100%. No, I, like literally I, I said to you about an hour before we got on here that I was thinking about going back and like doing up a clip of like all the injuries that have happened due to hip drop-ish tackles over the last like two seasons because that's when I've got the best video. And mate, like I started looking and I'm like, I would literally fill up a two minute, 20 second Twitter video over like the second half of last season. Like it, it's, it's ridiculous. They happen all the time. It's, it's, as you say, it's when that player starts to get beaten, they just lift their feet off the ground, jam their hips down on their feet, on the ball carrier's feet. They win the tackle, which is great but it just can have really, really nasty consequences. So there, there are other options to complete the tackle. Yeah. Or like sometimes you're just not going to. And because you yeah. can't, because because the way you stop that guy is an illegal motion. Like sometimes you're going to get and beaten. There's yeah. like any other time you're going to get beaten. And that's exactly right. As I said, it's like, you know, it's like the guy who gets stepped and throws his arm out. Like you make a choice. You either throw your arm out and clock the guy in the head or you yeah. just get beat. You're just like, yeah. okay, well, this guy's got me beat. Like, it's a similar sort of thing with Fui Mayono. He's on the hips, Dunster's leg driving. You have to let him keep leg driving until you can figure out a safe way to get him to the ground. Yeah. Without any screwing any up his way knee. that's not throwing all of your body weight through his knees. Yes, exactly. Like, all the other ways, think about that. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get rid of it fully, but they're, 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 no, it's, still, it's definitely going to gonna still exist. Yeah, it's still going to exist, but it's there just needs to be a bit more of a um, a, uh, sorry, less excusing of the action, a bit more shame applied to people doing this other players, a bit more acknowledgement that this yeah, stuff like, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's and a bad the, technique. Not the discussion we had on the broadcast where they're even arguing if it's a penalty or if he's done anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, he took his feet off the ground. He took like he took his own control away. He put yeah. the it's in the hands of gravity now, I guess. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's like, no, they take those feet off the ground. It's an issue. Yeah. You lose you control. Know? And that's, yeah. yeah. It's all it is. It's like, it's like a football bunker. Like once you've got two feet in. That's, yeah. Two that's, feet, it. that's it. You've lost you might've been going for the ball, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You use, you use both your feet and you drove all your force. That's it. And yeah. Like, no, I, I think people just something. have to, because it's not the head. I don't mm-hmm. think people care as much. And, and like, I, I lose the plot because I'm like, people just accept that cannonballs aren't allowed, right? They're like, oh, well, like, you know, we don't do a cannonball tackle because it can screw up the knees. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this can screw up the knees way worse than a cannonball yeah. tackle and consistently does. And yet we're all just kind of like, and I get it's probably closer to a traditional tackle. So that might where be where people are. Like, I don't think people truly understand the technical side of it like the differences between, you know, keeping your feet on the ground and completing the tackle versus removing your feet, hanging off the hip of the ball carrier and just dropping your entire, you know, body weight down onto their unprotected legs and knees. So it is a bit closer to a traditional tackle, a legal tackle, but it, it's something that can cause significant damage. Yeah, that's. It. I think it's uh, as you just said. I think it's far worse than the cannonball because the cannonball they at least have some control. Like they do, the yeah. players going in, like they know what they're targeting. They have some control. Yeah. Like yeah. this is like I lift lift my feet off the ground and that's it. I'm going to snap this guy in half. Yeah, and if they if they if they've got their feet off the ground and once again like the another argument was Dunster was twisting or whatever, and I'm like, okay, Dunster can twist. If, He's the ball if carrier. Fumino, yeah. If Fumino's <laughs> got his feet on the ground, he can then adjust for that, right? Yeah. As soon as he takes his feet off the ground, he loses all ability to adjust for that. All of it. Yeah. So that's where the danger is. Yeah. Anyway, we've got some breaking news that we'd mention yes. quickly. Chad Townsend oh. named co-captain. The Cowboys <laughs> with Tamalolo. That's why Dean's competing with Scotty uh, Drinkwater because they can't wow. drop the co-captain. I mean, uh, he, I think he's the, I think he's, I know people like joking about Chad Townsend, but he's the best of those three players currently. So uh, whatever, but making him captain is insane. If it's also it, signing him for 850 grand a year, but not, right, not defending other, any of that. Yeah. yeah I'm not defending yeah. any of that. Think, I'm just I saying think the all around thing, he's probably an all round better player, but I'd still rather have Scott Drinkwater at my club. You know, it's like, I, I, not for sure, uh, but yeah. Look, and it, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it make, look, uh, it's been weird from the day one that they signed both Dearden and Townsend. It yeah. made no sense to any of us. So, and uh, and the other weird thing is that we, you know, we're attacking Tamalolo now. It's like, can we talk about all the other the other seventeen terrible contracts they have before we attack <laughs> the one that's still like kind of okay? <laughs> like, ugh, terrible. Uh, what's the last game in that that weekend? Oh, the Sharks Panthers game. And I have not I seen much of the Sharks yeah. Panthers game. Yeah, no, Sorry, people. So I haven't got much for you on that one, but it, it's, I, it's the Sharks play back nobody. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, NRLW starts this weekend. So that's good. Very keen. Very keen. Yeah, can't wait. I actually um, have a few, a few patients in the Titans. So I think uh, I'll be uh, a honorary Titans, Titans fan this year. Um, a few of the girls. So it should be good. 
Mitch, it's nice to have the successful Broncos team back in your life. <laughs> it is. I mean, I mean, we know they tried to move the talent around with no real incentive other than being like, come on, girls. Let's, let's spread it out. Yeah, just <laughs> move to Parramatta from Brisbane for the we can't, same amount of money. We can't tell you when the competition starts. Pat on the back. <laughs> but you can move better. No, I, the Brisbane team, what, it's got like a, 11 rep players in the starting lineup again, which is nice to see. Uh, same side, and they look like they'll probably be dominant, at least in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the interesting thing is the like, and our, and our friend and guest host, George Clark, asked Andrew Abdo on Tuesday when the comp would be going full time, and he didn't really get a committal answer, whether that's because they just don't want to put a time frame on it or because they, they don't think it's an option at all. I don't know. But um, yeah, look, cl- uh, calls for this have been getting louder that Ali Brigginshaw, Ryan Sims and um, Samaya Matau for all saying that they'd want a full-time competition for women within the next two to five what years. What about so. the economics of it, Bunga? Yeah, I actually wrote that today. <laughs> Basically, like the, the, the phenomena where everybody, everyone turns into an economist the moment we talk about like paying women more money. It, it's just like hilarious to me. Like, And the NRL had a $50 million you, surplus or whatever it was. Well, that yeah. was my other point, which I ended up taking out because I didn't want to I don't know, but um, it's basically like you can't take all the plaudits for grow uh, having the game in its financial position that's the envy of the world, and then go well, yeah, there's just not enough room for us to have like half a million dollar subsidies for like full time wages for female players. We, we just couldn't do it. It's ridiculous. It's a bit much, isn't it? Mm, bit on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, I'm looking forward to it because it's actually been so long since we last saw women's rugby yeah. league. Well, this like, is the uh, this is this is one of those lovely. This weekend is going to be one of those great like when the Euro 2020 was in 2021. This is actually the 2021 NRLW competition. So it is. That'll be good. But it's more so there's actually lots of girls in those sides. Like, you know, Destiny Brill, for example, who was really good in Origin mm. last year, you know, really young and kind of like an unknown quantity across the league that, you know, she could, you know, have a bit of a breakout season, I think, at the Titans. There's quite a few players. But, you know, look, I look at the Knights side and because women's rugby league has always moved so fast. I honestly don't know. 12 or so of the women's team of the Knights. Doesn't mean they're not any good, but it's like, I'm interested. I haven't got a, a read on on, on, a, on their side, you know. Whilst I can look at and say, I think the Broncos are the heavy favourites. I probably think that the Eel side might be the second best side there. Who fucking knows? Who knows? For me, anyway, then maybe the Knights side is really good. And I just, you know, that was they, the year they were supposed to play was like a year ago and they just didn't get in. And maybe the teams are good players there. Who knows? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, obviously, there's always there's always squad turnover that people don't realize until they start watching. Especially like some well, people are going to realize any of it this year. Well, some people are just going to not realize just uh, just plays for the Roosters now until they see a play this weekend, which is fine. Uh, obviously, annoying because well, the yeah. Roosters. But well, I didn't know um, with the Broncos side. Like they were talking about bringing them back and moving some out, and I just honestly I, I knew about ten of them that were still there. I didn't know yeah. their name. They're like, oh, okay, it's pretty much the same team with a couple of extra players. It's that's awesome. Yeah, Parramatta yeah. got Parramatta picked up some good decent players. I know they got Penatani from Dragons. They got a couple of others as well. They they look they look okay, but um, yeah, Brisbane's yeah. Brisbane's come to lose once again. I think the Roos, the Roosters look good as well. Like as you said, they got they Sergis and, and Isabel Kelly still. They got Corbin Baxter there still. Like, kind of Southwell, you know, one of the best def- defensive players in, in the women's game. So I think they they'll be a strong lineup as well. But it's hard to look past like Brisbane's team, as I said, like all of them have played rep football bar two in the first same line. It reminds me of looking at a Broncos lineup in the nineties. Like Yeah. Legit. All um, walk up starts. That they look really strong. Um 
Yeah, it'll be fine. Like, I'm just looking forward to it. Like it's trials are fine, but competitive rugby league is where it's at. Um, how are your beloved Titans are going to go, Brian? They're playing in the very first game on Sunday at lunchtime. Yeah, no, as I said, um, yeah, like a, a few of the girls have been getting, um, yeah, like missed out. Like obviously being in Queensland, it's it's been quite difficult, and I'm sure like a not a, not a lot of people would realise, but it, it has been quite difficult for you know female rugby league players who aren't big stars living in southeast Queensland because they've had to make that decision in the previous years of do I like you know, uproot my life and move interstate to be able to play footy, like because the Broncos has been so stacked. Like mm. as Mitch said, you know, it's it's just full of stars. So it's those the the girls who probably aren't, you know, those representative stars, but they're still, you know, very, very talented footballers. Um, they're gonna get their opportunity at the Titans, which is great. Um, they got Steph Hancock down there. I think um, you know, like there was talk she was gonna be a, a captain coach for a bit, but I think she's um just behind the scenes. But yeah, being a really good mentor role for them. And uh, yeah, look, I'm really excited to see how they go. Brittany well, Braley is a great get for them as well. well yeah. As you mentioned, she sat out, I think she sat out last year's competition because of like, she didn't want to go to Sydney. Yeah. 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 Like, she went to Sydney and that's it. Like, there's I mean. it's, like her. Yeah. Yeah. It has been um, really tough. Because if you can't break into the Broncos, you you kind of stuck. Yeah, and this is this is why. Like we, this is like it's just a no-brainer. Like Brittany Brothers is a really good player, and she just didn't play because like, oh, I have to work. Like this is not yeah. what we should be happening for. Like a fucking, like a like a fair. Like this is why this needs to become professional. I love that Steph Hancock's later, still but... playing. By the way, she's like is she like forty soon. I she's yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if she's actually going to play. I, I, I think she's, last she got named the bench this girls. week, mate. So oh, she, she just... yeah, she is in. There you go. Like, so I didn't like. I didn't think she, she would play either. She's named the bench. Oh, forty. Man. Yeah, she's turns That's forty. She me. turns forty in two weeks. That's Hell crazy, yeah, she eh? does. Good on her. That's <laughs> fucking <laughs> sick. Good on her. Because yeah, earlier, earlier in the preseason, I was talking to one of the girls, and they were like, "Yeah, look, I think she's just gonna do coaching. She's kind of like, oh, I'm not overly keen to run around again, but look, here Maybe she, she is on the bench. Minutes Get again, around them. So. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, so though, you, you, you know, you think you're out of playing a sport, you start playing it, and you're like, "Fuck, I can. I think I'm pretty good at this. I can. I can play this. I can play it. <laughs> pretty, <here."> pretty great <laughs> that the. I think the the the, the Hooker and halfback for the Titans are in a relationship together, so that's kind of that's a fun little sub sub story. It's um, yeah, Brittany Braley yeah. and um, Kimura Nardi, but um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, and they double barreled their name for this competition. Yeah, they, but it's gonna, that's not going to get confusing at all. No, well, um, it's like, I, isn't double barrel supposed to be for the next generation? I don't know. I was confused by that. No, I this I know like people who like double barrel their surname like men and, and women. Which is fine. It's just yeah, it's they don't usually have to play in a rugby league team where you write the surnames in stories about them and stuff. I genuinely want a double barrel and a double barrel to marry, have a son or a yes. daughter, and yeah. then have a quadruple barrel in I'm the NRL. Right. That's yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like James Fisher Harris can marry, um, all the uh, like who's who's double barreled in the in the women's comp. Uh, Autumn Rain Stevens Daily. There you go. That's four last names. Let's do that. Um, I don't think that the Knights roster is not doing a lot for me. Um, no. I like what I, Parramatta have done. I think they've recruited quite well. They've got a lot of good players. I actually think they might be my dark horse to make a grand final. Lavinia Gould's still running around for the Broncos, by the way. She's in the reserves. I wouldn't be surprised she makes it on the bench. She's also almost 40. Yeah. I remember she'd be up there as well. So respect, I respect the, the war horses. She mate, is around. 38. Or well, turns 39 in like a week after Steph Hancock turns 40. There you so go. go. There you go. That, that, be fun. The, I'm looking forward to it. 
the Knights seem definitely lack star power, as I said, Bunker, but I reckon like, there are probably some players in there, as I said, we haven't seen. That's a very good point for a year and honest. a half. That, that there are probably some players in there we just don't know are good yet, honestly. Yeah, no, that's because like, that is literally how this works. There are people who are getting, there are, I'm not going to name names because we we're above that, but like there are people who are in this competition who are getting by on their name alone and their yes. past achievements and who, like, quite frankly, should not be in the positions they're in. So. Maybe there are exactly and that, and you're right. That has to work both ways. So by the same logic, there will be people we've not heard of who are actually quite good. Well, I mean, so, we'll okay. So Kira Dib, people know who Kira Dib is. Well, if they don't, she's she's played uh, Women's Origin. You know, she is on the bench for the Knights. You know, yeah, and she was really good in that Origin game too. She was. So if they got her on the bench, it's probably you know, there's two girls starting ahead of good her. Players, yeah. Autumn Rain Stevens is in front of her, yep. and then maybe. Those guys are actually decent, you know. Maybe they're all right. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Footy's back. How good? Um, yeah. uh, Brian, is there any dolphins chat you want to talk about before we move on to questions and other things? Uh, dolphins. Yeah, look, it's been a bit lackluster. I think as we spoke about when we had uh, had our chat, like about the only good thing that's uh, really happened is them getting into the comp. Apart from that, it's all, you know, <laughs> still this persistence of the Dolphins just blows me away as the option. Uh, the jersey's not great. Uh, the signings are all over, you know, the age the of two. Yeah, the jersey's not. Like, I, like, the big thing for me, and I know it's something simple, but, like, it's, it's like an orange-red. And for me, like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know why like like the like they've gone with gold if you're going with gold then a darker red like look at the san francisco 49ers like gold white and a darker red looks great right but this orange red with then some gold and some white if for me it just looks horrible i like i just don't get it um yeah it's really hard to get a red jersey wrong as well like it's really hard red is so easy and it's hideous yeah not great um, yeah, and the signings look a lot to be desired. Obviously, this new young guy um, sounds like promising and there's a bit of chat about, you know, like I, like I still reckon if they can get their hands on a few of these unwanted guys like your Harris Tavitas and stuff like that, they should, um, you know, be in a solid position. We're not, like I'm obviously not expecting a premiership anytime soon or anything like that. But yeah, I think if anything, the main, re- like, you know, I guess position I'm taking at the moment is I'm just glad that I'll get to see them running around in the NRL, which will be pretty cool. It's not been yeah. a great rollout, has it? It hasn't. Well, the jersey looks like it honestly looks like a jersey you could get done for like you and your mates and your dad's business sponsored it. And it's like your little touch teams jersey, legit. Cause like, yeah, it's just weird red. And the sponsor Adventure Kings is a weird sponsor. Never oh, heard like looking at the how, how Manly did it this year with the sponsor integration, like it looks yeah. fantastic. You can make. The sponsor look great. You know, there's other clubs like the Knights with NIB this year looks pretty horrific and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it happens across the league. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, especially being a fan, the one thing I sort of wanted was to be able to buy that, you know, inaugural jersey and just be like, this is sick, the Dolphins. But I'm just going to be wearing all my old ones because there's just no, yeah, there's no, I guess, hunger in me to own that jersey. No, you have to buy it when it's like 30 bucks after the season. So, so you have the first jersey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and uh, I just think, we, we spoke about it the other week, but I just think whilst I've been critical of Dolphins, I think they've been set up to fail. Like they haven't been given enough runway in. And their first year, I think the club's kind of accepted it too. The first year is not really the year. No. Like the first year is get a team on, pay, on, the, on the field. We'll figure the rest out from there. And that's sort of started signing like guys for a little less time now. Like 
I thought Kenny Bromwich is one of the better signings, but they gave him a one-year deal. And it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. they're starting to look at like those one or two-year veteran deals, steal some guys like Isaiah Katoa, and then yeah. the second year is when they're really having a crack. So they'll be they'll be the shortest odd spoon team since the Knights, I think, in the first yeah. season. Might not be well, right. I read, but that, I read an article yesterday that they're even talking about like, oh, how the Dolphins are going to recruit after the World Cup at the end of the year or something like that. They're like, oh, yeah, they're going to, you know, pick the internet, like, you know, they're going to get all the English, unwanted English guys, and they're going to come at the team. I'm like, man, if if they're leaving it till then to pick up, like, guys from the Super League, I'm like, oh, man, this is just isn't going to be yeah. a good first You know, year. you can you can sign guys for the Super League now, you know. Like, you'd have to wait till yeah, after the World Cup. Like, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, no, but as you talk yeah. about, and like we, uh, like, I think, it's really cool that the QRL TV or whatever that thing is that they're now going to start, mm-hmm. you know, I guess broadcasting stuff more. But as you talk about in the past, unless it's on TV, it's like it doesn't happen for most NRL scouts, it seems. So, you know, unless yeah. it's unless the World Cup's on our TV, we, we don't want to turn it on at 2 o'clock in the morning or watch the replay on KO of any Super yeah. League games to scout some players. That's it. So there will probably be some guys who get opportunity from QRL TV this year, which is good. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy about that. I'm glad you mentioned it too, by the way. I think that's awesome. They, oh, I'm so on board. I hope it's cost effective. Yeah, they but, haven't yeah. got the sponsorship money, I don't believe, that they were hoping for. So like, I don't know the level of production will be in the first few weeks, first year. But I hope I hope it gets some support so we can, we can grow from there because um, I'm, I'm not against – like the all three grades thing was done to me It's because it's going back in the past. But this is the way I'd like to see the game going forward. It's like respecting other competitions for that their other competitions, not that they're just – there's 100%. some breeding ground to pick the bones out of. It's like those clubs in the Queensland Rugby League, they matter. They're not they're yeah. not linked to NRL. Like they have NRL affiliation because they kind of have to, but like they're their own club. They matter. Oh, mate, you, but you're preaching to the choir as a Dolphins yeah. fan, right? Like I know the Dolphins getting the NRL is really cool, but like I've like, you know, like one of my favorite players growing up and I bring it up all the time, but it's true is Aaron Barber. Like I used to mm. worship Aaron Barber as a kid, right? Like, And it didn't matter to me that he didn't play NRL. I didn't give a shit because like the Dolphins awesome. were my team, right? Yeah. And he was awesome at what he did. That was really, really cool. And like that deserves, like I think kids, you know, should should be able to support their local QRL um, teams, uh, you know, which will be really cool if this gets gets the, uh, gives them the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And, and Aaron Barber never, really, never got his NRL shot. And, and I don't know if he ever really wanted it, but like those guys matter. Like, you know, Nathaniel Neal, for example, has been, in, yes. he's like in his mid thirties and he's played like over a hundred games for the Jets, but he's been in that, you know, in Queensland Cup since like 2015 or so. And it's like, that's seven years or whatever that, of that guy's life. He sacrificed for playing local rugby league as his second job or whatever. And those dudes matter. Cause like those dudes, that's the breeding ground. It is the breeding ground for other guys, but, Without those guys, we don't have the people that provide the real reality checks to the young fellas. We haven't got the guys that go, actually, fuck, if I don't, you know, shape up and if I want to make NRL, if I, don't, I could be, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to take a shot at those guys, but it's yeah, like, they no, help but- you, like, that guy to play rugby league, he has to, you know, be a chippy and yeah. do this, you know, I better shape up and if I want to make the NRL. Or if not, it's like there's some really guys in there who don't want to be, like, and want to be NRL players. Legitimately, there's heaps of them that didn't want to be NRL players are happy doing what they're doing. Doesn't mean they're not good. It's a good rugby league. You know, there's obviously it's not as good as the NRL, but there's like some really cracking games at that level. And there's really good stories over the years. Like you'll have, you know, when Steve Renoff came back and played a year there and similar, it's like Petro, Petro played for the Dolphins for a year. It was awesome. The reserve grades reserve their respect a bit more than being treated like they're just the guys that 
you know, we yeah. park for first graders in and that's it. Like, like it'd be really interesting to see if um, Jonathan Rubin gets a go for the Dragons. Like, you know, one of the absolute yeah. guns from Q Cup over the years, um, you know, like get, get him that's in there it. and see how he goes. And like, he's a guy, again, he thought his time was, he was done in, in rugby, making first grade and he'd kind of given up on it. But because Queensland Rugby League, the competition stands on its own, he just kept playing. You know, he wanted to play near his family. But that's why he went ended up playing like he went up north, not because the Cowboys took him up. They left the Roosters, went up north, and because he wanted to be near home, he didn't have another option. Yeah. And John Ruben, Ruben, if he was lived in Sydney, he probably plays first grade ten years ago. Yeah, that's right. You now gets a shot, but that's it. I think someone at the yeah. someone at the Dragons must have accidentally seen a Q Cup game at, a, at like the airport on a Sunday afternoon or something. That, yeah, mate, no, the, in the final, remember this the finals this year? He set that try for like two, they kicked to him, and then he kicked again against. Oh, uh, that's with, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's all I ended to see. Very, but even like uh, Delaware's uh, Hoida for Brisbane, like he moved to Queensland, and for years he turned down NRL deals. Right, he turned down training trials because he was happy with his career and then footy alongside it. And now he's this year he did go to Brisbane and he has got a deal. But it's like, yeah, just because he was a reserve grader doesn't mean he's not a quality footballer. Again, he's yeah. been in the system. He's twenty seven now. But I'm just hoping we get some more airtime for those guys, and then we start realizing there is a lot of there is a lot of talented guys out there playing this game, but don't get opportunities for whatever reason, or they don't even want them, and that's okay because that competition was yeah. awesome. Aaron Barber was a, a king, and just entertaining as many guys in first grade back in his day. Just didn't happen to play 100%. for a first grade side. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Keen for well, we'll Queensland TV. And last we've ordered questions: concussion protocol changes. Oh yeah. So Brian, this take us through ex- those. Well, this is like, you know, like people have been jumping on my mentions for years and years and years about, you know, we need independent doctors. And, and like, I think even club doctors are for independent doctors, but you can't mm. have independent doctors being in charge of the whole process, right? Because there is a very, very valuable part of the process being like being the doctor who assesses the patient or the athlete as the doctor who actually knows that patient because like, uh, you know, let's take a, a Corey Oates, right. Whose nickname is brain, right. He's mm-hmm. a, he's the generally dopey kind of bloke as it is. His doctor at the Broncos would know what Corey is like, you know, every day of the week knows what he's like normally. So he will be able to tell outside of that, the nuances, you know, or, or the straight, you know, up and down test, he'll be able to tell, Oh, Corey's not acting like himself. So that's why it's really important that they are a, an integral part of the assessment process. But one part of the assessment process that they theoretically anyone can point out is those what we call the category one signs. So it's really, really obvious signs that someone has suffered a concussion. So things like loss of consciousness, loss of balance. So people who stumble, um, not protecting themselves when they fall to the ground, those kind of things. All of those, if they are evident on video, then the player is to be ruled out immediately. Now, for the job of a, a club doctor, sometimes that process and identifying those symptoms can be a little bit complex because they're on the sidelines, they might be treating another player, you know, they've got to jump into the video booth and sort of try and figure it out. Whereas now we're going to have an independent doctor who sits in a bunker. I'm not sure if it's the bunker, but it's a bunker. And they'll be able to actually sit there. And they've been doing it in the past where they've actually been sitting there and identifying possible instances of this. Whereas now they actually have the ability to be like, no, I saw that guy 
get knocked out or I saw that guy stumble, I am ruling him out, which didn't used to exist. They used to have to be like, I think I saw him stumble, pass that message to the club doctor and then the club doctor decides whether they're ruled in or out, whereas now the independent doctor will have that ability. But apart from that, that like, you know, I've had all these people commenting on my post being like, oh, now they're going to get ruled out for any head knock or something like that. No, none of the criteria is changing in terms of it's still the same criteria that a club doctor would hold a player to. You just have an external view, an independent view who has a lot less pressure on them at that particular time. They're not on the sideline. They're not dealing with a million different things and they're, they're able to assist the club doctors. So it'll be a bit of independent you know, input, which is is probably a good thing in these kind of situations. Yeah, I agree with all that, mate. As you said, uh, sometimes you'll see them. There'll be a guy out goddamn cold, and it's like we all know that guy's concussed. And like, yeah. and then we've had there has been occasions that guy's gone back on the field. Yeah, like it's gone back on, and it just yeah. even if it's true or not, it ain't a good look for the game. And a lot of no, it's about right. what the game's trying to protect, and that's part of what they're trying to protect is guys who look like they're you know, can cast going back on the on the field, yeah. protecting themselves and protecting the game in, in both yeah. in both facets there. All right. Um, shall we move on to questions? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have any questions. Okay. Question time over on patreon.com forward slash NRLB rookies. Didn't give people enough time to give you a lot of questions here. But oh, that's fine. fine. It's been a long, long one anyway. <laughs> it has been a long one anyway. We, we've had a lot of shit, but we can answer the normal questions as well because uh, why not, Brian? Yeah, sure. Doesn't always yeah, talk about uh, just have to talk about physio stuff all the time, do you, mate? You're a person no, too, God damn it. <laughs> I do. I do have takes. They are uh, hot. Yeah, Potato Man has asked us, what did you do to upset Gus? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was random. Um I think, to be honest with you, I have not directly interacted with Gus for a long, long time. My last interaction directly with him was me wishing him well after back surgery. Uh, I think, yeah, I know, crazy. But I genuinely (laughs) think so. Gus actually used to follow me, funnily enough. Um, He unfollowed me around about one time where I went on a bit of a rant. I think it was to do with Sam Verrills, who got suspended for like a high tackle where he was just standing upright and collected a guy in the head. I didn't reference Gus in any way, but I sort of said, you know, like these still need to be punished. And he obviously is very the other end of the spectrum. And I would say he's blocked me because I believe that the Fui Mayono thing shouldn't, should be punished. And I would say his position is that it shouldn't be. Um, and maybe someone retweeted me into his timeline or something like that. I'm not sure, but, I've just noticed that the unfollowing of me and then the blocking of me has sort of come around when I've commented on the fact that these tackles do need to be punished um, well, in players. You are a nerd and he hates nerds. So Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, he ha- he's the guy who went on the record last year on TV saying players who had to sign waivers for their brains essentially yes. scrambled. So, like, mm-hmm. there's just fundamental differences between <laughs> where you yes. and him sit on things. I correct. I'm surprised yeah. he blo- blocked you without some weird tweet because he does like a weird tweet. But yeah. He just, he's had enough of your common sense. <laughs> he could write a book on the things you don't know about injuries, mate. But I also got blocked played. on the same day as Bulldog Richie. So, you know, uh, like in good company. Did Bulldog, oh, he blocked Bulldog. 
Yeah, Bulldog and me got both blocked on the same day. That's it. He cleared out all the fake news journos, mate. (laughs) Hey, I am actually, I am back with the telly this year. They, uh, they put together a bit of a, a, you know, a signing bonus. And uh, yeah, so I'm back on doing a bit of writing for them this year, at least for the first half of the year anyway. So I am part of the uh, fake news media. (laughs) Matthew Duggan says on the weekend, Braith and Assis said Jared Kroger was returning from a stem cell injury. <laughs> what exactly do you think stem cell injury rehabilitation? <laughs> oh man! So look, like, I'm one. I I never like I I'll never come down on someone too hard for like a slip of the tongue and and like I do it from time to time as well, calling my MCLs and LCL or blah blah blah. But I think there's probably enough. Um, you know, I guess track record there with Braith to know that, yeah, this probably isn't a slip of the tongue and more just a, you know, that's just genuinely what he believed it was. Uh, look, it's just an example of why I think that, you know, there, there needs to be some sort of medical input when it comes to, uh, to, to these kind of things. I think um, a lot of things get spoken about incorrectly too much at times, especially around concussion and those kind of things. But uh, yeah, the old stem cell injury, that's uh about as good as it gets. Yeah. He's obviously, yeah, he's just mixed up like whatever recovery to put together with the injury. Yeah. Poor old Braith. He also Braithism. They're going to get worse too, though, once he's on TV every day of the week. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David K9. He says, Hi, Brian. Ryan Pappenhausen seems an actual game time decision, as Ryan himself has said that he doesn't know he'll be okay. If he does play, how much does the injury impact his performance? And would you select him for your super coach team? There's the real part of the question. <laughs> oh boy. So this sounds like a question for my Patreon because yeah. this is where, uh, yeah, look like this is the kind of stuff for, um, yeah, the guy asked this question. This is the kind of stuff that I do cover on my Patreon week in, week out. Um, but I'll obviously, you know, give it a bit of an answer here. I like, look, I don't, think if the storm are telling the truth about what he's actually done there's no concerns whatsoever for like his round one availability the only concern i think now is that they've kind of not um you know given us the full picture because they came out at the start said it's a lateral ankle sprain it's minor blah blah blah. it's now five weeks post and they're still kind of banging on about him being in doubt if it was genuinely a lateral ankle sprain it wouldn't even matter if it was completely torn he'd be fine for round one so, yeah, if you believe their words um, of what it was at the start, then I say he's in no doubt. And I am currently picking him in my super coach side. So there you go. Oh, you are picking him. That's putting your name on that one. But they have got yeah. capable backup. Like Nick Meaning signing was astute. As yeah. We all know anyway. But there's your super, there's your cheapy. Yeah, I know. I'm a, <laughs> yeah, get a, a bargain buy sleeper. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next question comes from uh, Michael Gregson. Which club's head physio is most likely to have deployed an LRAD against you and giving you the spicy cough? And that's, uh, if you don't know, that's a long-range acoustic device. Yes, yes. Sonic weapons being used uh, for crowd control. Well, actually, it's probably it's probably a relevant question to come from Shanta because I'd say it would probably be Penrith at this point in time. They're the most uh, recent club to, uh, yeah, jump into my DMs with some abusive messages after our good friend Scotty Sorensen last year. So I'm happy to sort of uh, air, air out some dirty laundry. So, yeah, copped, a, copped an absolute pasting from uh, three or four anonymous accounts that all seem to say the same thing at around the same time. So, uh, yeah, but probably Penrith, Shanta, I'd say. 
Yeah, mate. Well, were they having to go at you? What? Because you diagnosed Scott Sorensen's season. Yeah, no. Injury? Scott Sorensen was sitting in the hospital reading my tweets and devastated that I had ruled him out for the season. So, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that is your. That is your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Players. Players going to Twitter for their diagnosis. Is I've, a reflection on me and not is. on the actual people treating him. That is, I do like that. That's a thing players do now. They check. They've got a doctor in the room. Like, you know, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to. I'm getting a second opinion. I've got. I've got, a, I've got a tweet here. I'll tell you what, Doc. Oh, I'm going to go man. with the. Uh, <laughs> he's seen one replay of it. I'm going to go with the guy on the internet. And How I think that's the, got, this Doc? is the thing: is they think that they think that I'm trying to be like this. I, I openly say that like what I do is not a diagnostic exercise, mm-hmm. right? It's not a like gospel truth. It's an educated guess. It's informed fans. It's a, it's for fans. It's not for anyone else. It's for mm-hmm. Joe Bloggs who's sitting at home going, holy crap, like Scott Sorensen just went off the field. He's my favorite player. <laughs> I don't know yeah. who that guy is, but he's like, um, you know, dad. how long is he going to be out for? <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's the guy that I want to help out. I'm giving him a general idea of what his recovery would look like if the injury that he suffered is whatever it is. Like that's all my account is. I provide insight. I'm not diagnosing shit. I'm not trying to be some, you know, all powerful NRL uh, medical yeah. person. Yeah. That, that's a bit, the club has a weird relationship with you with that stuff. Oh. But it's, it is. If, if you weren't feeling a need, you wouldn't have grown with the following you have grown, but you are feeling need because rugby league is so bad at sharing that information. Yes. So bad at being open with it. That's why you have, if the clubs communicated better, you'd have no market mate. Like if you, if, if that's exactly, like, that's all my, always my point. No, yeah. like and, I, they could easily shut me down in no time at all by just being open and honest with the fans about the stuff. I understand that there's a competitive disadvantage to that. So, you know, like, people knowing if so-and-so has got a shoulder injury, they could target that shoulder or whatever. Like that, that's definitely a thing. And, and, and I get that. Um, but they're, they're like, even the roosters, like the roosters for me lately, like taking the piss with like Teddy and, and, and Kiri and stuff for a preseason game. Like who gives a shit? Like, like uh, what was it? Trent Robertson came out the end of last week and said, all our players are going to play next week, except Teddy and Kiri. All the rest are going to be fit. They're going to play. So if you're a Roosters fan, you're like, sweet. I'm going to see Suwali. I'm going to see Billy Smith. I'm going to see like, you know, all these young guys, you know, back, coming back from injury. I'm really keen to see how this goes. Comes to the team list this week and like eight players aren't playing. Like, what was the point? Just don't mate, say anything. Mind games, mate. He got them. Oh, he got them good. They're going to lose that 12 by 12 points. Like, no like what cares. are you doing? All you, you're literally, all you're doing is you're robbing your fans with something like that. I get it in grand final week. Cooper Cronk, fractured mm. shoulder. Keep that shit to yourself. Absolutely. But for a preseason game, you're kidding me. You literally all you're doing is you're robbing Roosters fans, in my opinion. Yeah, that's they have like as you said, there's a lot of players who aren't playing, and nobody gave a shit until Trent lied. You know, yes. Nobody else. Was why why lie? I don't get it. I just don't understand. And it's a bit of a weird preseason though. Like he's just, I guess, because it's not nines and not as weird as last year. Most teams are really naming pretty close what you'd expect in round one this week. I don't know yeah. why is that, but like the Roosters aren't one of them, but every other team was pretty much naming their round one lineup. They'd expect bar two or three players. So yeah, easy insight for the super coach players out there. <laughs> anyway, uh, next question, Sam Stevens. 
since 1998 and not including any salary cap scandals. Which NRL team was the best to miss out playing in the finals? And which team was the best to miss out on playing in a grand final? Well, that is, that is a good question. So the best teams is 1998 that didn't make the finals. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who that could be. Fellas, any, anyone in the top yeah, of Yeah, I was going to say, uh, put me on the spot here. Uh, um, I'm trying to think like teams that started really, really well and, and fell away. Um, wasn't there a West Tigers team that was doing really well until Jared McCracken got spear tackled? Weren't they like coming first or something? Or they were well, near okay. the top of the ladder? 1999 Raiders, 31 competition points, 13 wins, 10 losses. Did not that's, make it. That's, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll nominate them. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Like, I mean, most years in the NRL, there's like two shit teams that made the finals. So it's yeah. always hard to think of the bad ones and didn't. There's a lot of teams that didn't make the like good teams that don't make the grand final though. Geez, like yeah. you know, that's the second part of that question. Um, pick. But I think you can rule that though. So any season between like was it 2001 to 2007, there wasn't 16 teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, was, yeah that's eight, right. I think no eight, 2008. A, a team featuring Chris Sandow, Isaac Luke, John Sutton, Nathan Merritt, Michael Crocker, Dave Taylor, Greg Inglis, Chris McQueen, Reese Wesser. Uh, James Roberts, Roy Satasi, Luke Stewart, and Sam Burgess in 2011 missed the finals by one game. Yeah, I bet you choked that year, didn't you? Yeah, they lost in round 26 to Newcastle. <coughs> when if they'd won, they would have made the finals. Yeah, that's not a bad team, but uh, yeah. So it's like 2000. And, is it 2001? It was 14 teams, and then it was 15 teams up until 2007 once South got left back in. Mm. So those years, they can't. It's just numbers thing. They can't be have been the best team to not make it. Uh, the 1999 had a lot of teams, so that might be why I just think the, the Raiders there. That's probably just, true. That's probably it. Just the numbers I like my game, answer, like because it has Chris Sandow in it. I like yours as well. There were 17 teams in, in 1999. The Raiders went 13 and 10. Positive for and against of a plus 179 points. Pretty good. Mm. <laughs> like, and they didn't make the finals. So I don't know enough about the side, but I'll nominate them. That, that's mine. Uh, not to make the grand final. There's a lot of contenders for that. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, there's so many good ones, right? Like, yeah. basically any storm team in the last decade that didn't make the grand final. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> was it the? I think the year that the year that the Bronx and the Cows made the grand final and the Storm got knocked out there, that they got knocked out by the Cows, I think, in the semi, didn't they? They sure did. Yeah, um, that that was a pretty shit hot team. Mm. Oh, the 2014 Roosters side. Hey, they just came up against the better team. I'm not saying, but that's, yeah, but I so they did. But they, like, the Bulldogs played that grand final. That was a really, that's true. That is the most lopsided grand final. So it would stand like, like team wise. So that would stand a reason that that would be, there'd be a really good team that didn't make it. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know you're a South Sam Bunga, but no, no, it's that's, not the that same as last team. year. Same, but last year, like, it was like, it felt like the grand finals before the grand final. We, we, we lost, we lost by two points. I know, but I'd say people thought all year, right, that Storm and Melbourne were the better two teams. Just like in 2014, it was like South I, and, and Roosters are the two best I know, teams. I know you're not exactly comparing the 2021 no, Rabbitohs to the 2014 Bulldogs, but I'd no. like to get off this topic. Well, the, we yeah, I mean, the other side of that draw fell apart. Like the, the Panthers that in 2014, they lost to the Bulldogs and they came like fourth on the mm-hmm. other side. But uh, yeah, you guys played the Roosters in the 
Oh, that's it because they lost. They lost to Penrith. They lost to the, the Jamie Soward Panthers in the yeah. first week of the Panthers final. had fallen apart, but they lost them when they, by a field goal, and that's it. You guys end up playing them. So that Roosters team really up there in terms that's of quality to, to not make it. And then yeah, so the 2015 that's uh, Roosters side as well, honestly, and the Storm side. Then like 2015 Roosters, like they lost five. But they were minor premiers, so minor premiers again, yeah. and then they then they got beaten by they got smashed in the prelim. We get the one I fair against my life when they were spoiling this game up up there. But uh, mm. yeah, oh, I actually mentioned now that you mentioned that exact game. So I was yeah. at IKEA on the weekend, and um, Good. lady was walking around in a Roos Sydney Roosters 2015 final series shirt. And I'm like, you've won several premierships in the last decade and you've chosen the year Sean Kenny Dow threw an intercept to Darius Boyd as the one you're going to commemorate with a T-shirt you know that what? you're wearing seven years later. Got to respect it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, because it's much rarer to find, isn't it? Uh, Na- Nanny Bungard bought me that grand final shirt last year before the grand final yeah. after we won the prelim. I, I don't think I'll ever be wearing that well- again. Okay, so 2018, remember, it was that really weird year where the top everyone finished within one win. Yeah. Yeah. And then we and decided we, s- we needed to change the comp because it was such a horrible. Yeah. Well, the it bottom was, eight but, were all shit. So the, well, the we, that what year we did was it, we made the gap bigger. It, it somehow great. became a Roosters Melbourne grand final that year, somehow. But I do yeah. think that was what this season. I honestly thought any of the teams, but I didn't think us, the Broncos or the Dragons could win it, but I thought anybody else could. That year, I even thought yeah. the Warriors could could have won it from eighth. Like that was a, a cracking year, and I think you could probably put a couple of teams in that season that were like good enough to win the competition, but didn't. I mean that that like that was that year that like RTS was like since he won the Dalian Bobs, he was sensational for the for the Warriors, and they and they came <laughs> eight with fifteen and nine. Stupid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question, Razor. He said, hey, boys, curious as to how the salary cap works with regards to pre-season injury. For instance, in the case of Hayes Dunster at Para, did Eels get partial or full cap compensation for his loss? Guessing we haven't got a pup list or anything of the type in the NRL. I do you know? know about this mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so as I understand it, and I'm happy to be told otherwise, but it depends on the contract that the player signs. So... For a lot of your, you know, guys who might be on the fringe of the side or not have as much bargaining power or not worth as much or whatever, they'll have kind of like a base salary and then a lot of, you know, match payments or, you know, like bonuses built into their contract for playing X amount of games, those kind of things. Uh, so if that's a contract that Dunster is on, then he will get paid his... Well, actually, it depends because... So I've got a really good mate of mine who plays in the AFL and he suffered his... ACL injury in in a game and so he actually got paid for the rest of the season as if he was then playing in every game and he was kind of on the fringe of the side he said that's why a lot of guys get really filthy if they injure themselves in training because if you get injured in training you then only get your base and you don't get all the you know stuff on top so if you're going to get injured, it pays to get injured during a game. So I assume because of a preseason game, you probably won't get any, like he'll get paid his full amount and the Eels won't get any sort of relief. Uh, but if he if the injury happens in training, I believe you, they only get the base salary. Yeah, I, I also think there's no relief because of when it, when it happened. But maybe that's, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes. Because <laughs> yeah, we just keep yeah, changing well, anyway. But I do yeah. think it's no relief. For that reason, but um, no. I don't know. I mean, they'll find a way. They'll just the Broncos will give them somebody. 
Sarko yeah, or right. Oates or someone for cheap if they want them, really. Yeah. But, uh, well, they're, I think they're what Sean Russell might be. The, that's the other problem. They have Sevo out for half the season as well. So they actually are yeah. really light on wingers right now. So I think Sean Russell might start on the other wing. Yeah. Which um, he played a couple of games last year, but it's not exactly, you know, Russell and Simonson's not exactly, uh, you know, well, they had no. Ferguson and Sevo, but yeah. You know, bit of a bit of a drop from there. Mm. Uh, Doc Gowland. There seems to be more and more ACL injuries these days across not just the NRL, but all sports compared to 15 to 20 years ago. Is there a fair assumption to make? And is there any stats that would confirm that theory? Um, I think the, like the first thing to point out is that like the biggest, I guess, contributor to the fact that it seems like there's more injuries now compared to 15 to 20 years ago is because of the media coverage. Like, you know, we, we live in a super coach world now where, you know, every player's injury is broadcast very, very obviously how many weeks, You've got people like myself, you know, covering these things. And, you know, I have a timeline full of, you know, people who suffer these injuries. Social media didn't exist back in the day. So you had to hear it on the news or, you know, like see it in the paper or something like that. So it, media coverage definitely contributes to that. But there are like there is an like there is evidence that injuries like your Achilles ruptures, like your, you know, ACL injuries are happening a little bit more often. Probably the biggest contributors are players are bigger, faster and stronger. So those big traumatic injuries happen a bit more often. Uh, you've got, and the big one for me, which I think a lot of people don't understand. And if anybody watches the NFL um, with Odell Beckham lately, it's the light boots, the really light grippy boots with the really, really grippy surfaces. So with Odell Beckham, the issue was the artificial turf, right? People think artificial turf, oh, it's great. It's all even and, and awesome. And it's really good for performance. But what that means is that there's a lot of force going up through you know, through the leg when they change direction, when they do those things. So it's actually mm. the lighter the boots, the grippier the boots, the better the surface, the higher the risk for those kind of ACL injuries are because you just, you've got players turning on a dime at a hundred miles an hour and ACLs aren't, you know, they, they aren't built to withstand that at all times. So it actually, there's actually some argument that going back to, you know, sloppier fields with heavier boots would actually prevent these injuries a little bit more. There you go. I didn't know that. That's interesting. There you go. And Doc also says slam dunk contest. How good. <laughs> no. Oh, that, I mean, it's never supposed to be a great look all-star weekend, but God, that was just a, that and the weird, I don't know if you guys watched it, but there was like a, a, a Curry, a Steph Curry, Aisha Curry, like game show. Yeah, that was the, and not, and I, that, that, that was that. the thing. It was like, it, like someone tweeted, like that was supposed to be the worst part of the day. And then the dunk contest happened. Like it was just bad. Yeah, there you go. Oh my god! Another thing happened. When we're recording. My missus just messaged me. Real war has started. Oh, it has. Yeah, I've been. Yes. Jesus yeah, I've Christ. Been, yeah. Not not yeah, great. It's all going down. Well, this is all all, all fun and games. This might be great. the last Boom Rookies podcast ever, boys. Uh, Brian, can you get me a certificate so I don't get drafted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, old, okay, old uh, Trump over here. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Okay, last couple of questions over on, uh, on Discord. Um, are the Rocky Mountain Vibes the new team of the pod? Yes. I don't know if you've got, seen this team, Brian, but there's a team in the minor leagues in America called the Rocky Mountain Vibes. And That's pretty their cool. logo is a s'mores giving the peace sign, like flaming s'mores. <laughs> and yeah, I'm okay, that's in. fair. 
we discovered them on Discord last week. I'm all in on the Rocky Mountain vibes. Have they got I want merch? To, I'm, I'm they do. I, I've looked at the merch, and uh, it's, I wanted to probably get a bulk order together. But uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Very the, interesting. The, the baseball jersey has a flaming vibes across the front of it. It's like a, <laughs> a burning stick that you would put the small on, and it's got vibes and flames on. Oh, coming off so the good. They're what a great club. Uh, Six again asks, "What's the best movie soundtrack?" Uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann one. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> I guess you could <laughs> you could go with that one. Uh, That's gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think what I really liked. Um, Pulp Fiction's got a pretty good soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I, know, I'll I'll, I end up. Uh, Garden, go, Gar- Garden but, State, Garden State, the Zach Raff. What do we? What's the bloody the? Oh, geez, Tarzan. With uh the the, the animated yeah. movie. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, good. It's fantastic. go the distance is a great song. Um, also, Freddie vs Jason had a banging soundtrack. I'll throw a new one in. Seeing I'm uh, knee deep in Disney movies lately, but Encanto, yeah. the new Disney movie. I've heard it's great. I haven't soundtrack. watched it yet. Yeah, really good movie. Really good soundtrack. Oh, I tried to watch it, but the subtitles weren't working. We went to watch it, so we did not. So I'll have to go back to Encanto. No, worth uh, it. it's good. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, was obviously a good one. Different type of soundtrack, obviously, but yeah, that, sure. really good. Uh, and what was the one I saw last year? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's movie. What's that called? I'm going to Google his name. I forgot. The Almost movie. famous. Uh, Licorice, Pe- no, Licorice Pizza oh, right. this okay. year. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's got a really good soundtrack. And yeah, that'll do it. It's another one on top of my brain, but I'm not going to see there going, uh, <laughs> while, I, while I wait for it. Anyway. Morg says, which teams and players would be in the rugby league version of Field of Dreams? Well, it have We've to be one of the before. old teams, right? Yeah. You're, it's your, this is your area, Bungard. We did this. We did the we did this exact question when the Cornfield game happened last year. And I can't remember what I said. So Yeah. Okay. Go Where back to yeah. the go back. Yeah. <laughs> uh Brenton asks who is more protected from criticism by News Corp and its affiliates. Now, mm. <laughs> Scott Morris or Peter Volandis. So I don't, I don't think you can answer this there. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, uh, next question. Uh, okay. Jason asks us about the um, the Harris Avita thing at fullback. We've already spoken about that one. Yeah. Six again says, what order from bottom of the bread roll to the top do you put your burger ingredients on? Now, that's a good yeah. question. Oh, someone, good put question. The, someone put the order in the Discord in the answers channel, and I think it was pretty much spot on. It was, um, hang on, I'll find it. Um, this is great radio. Um, someone else go while I find it. Okay, so I don't have a set order. It's more of a, a theory. You know, it's like a, okay. no one mentioned they doubled sauce. I double sauce my burgers and make them at home. So always like I make my own Big Mac sauce rip off and it's always on the bottom and on the top. But I don't really give a shit where you put like the pickles and onions. Right? I always put pickles and onions on mine. Sometimes out of convenience, I just put it on the bottom bun after I've already done it. Or sometimes it goes above the, the meat. But it's always meat and cheese melted on on the grill. And then salad goes on top from there. So generally it'd probably go... Bun, burger sauce, meat and cheese, uh, diced white onion. If no white onion, I'll get uh, red onion and slice it. Uh, pickles and then like lettuce, tomato, pretty much. Oh, and if I do a chicken burger, I'll put a grilled piece of pineapple in there instead. So I'm with you, Mitch. I have I have uh, thoughts on this topic because I totally agree. If I'm making my own burger at like absolutely melt the cheese on top of the meat and then the salad, but my, and we get 
caught in discussions about this over beers many times. But if you're caught at somebody else's place who just whops out everything pre-cooked and you've got to deal with just a slice of cheese being put in there, I'm a big cheese first and then the meat on top so I can actually get some melting happening. Because, yeah, I find if you put the if you put the meat first and then the cheese on top, which is just a slice and you just, you know, at a barbecue, just doesn't do it for me. And then also your salad slides off that cheese. Correct. After that, exactly. If you put it on top. Exactly. So, yeah, that's my theory is that if you're making it yourself, melt that cheese and go for your life. But if you're stuck somewhere where you can't do that, the cheese has to go under the meat. If I make like 12 burgers right for cooking by other people, I will cheese like 10 of them pre-cheesed. Yeah. But two of them I won't put cheese on. Anyone who's not preheating any burgers, though, that, that's a war crime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. You've taken Rush's side. Wow. <laughs> <And then laughs> you've not putting cheese on top. But yeah, and the, the other ingredients, like oh, sometimes at home, I don't even want the salad on a burger. Sometimes I was like, whatever. Yeah. Like when I, when I go out, I always order like the, the burger with salad, but at home, I like to mix it up. I don't get people who put lettuce on the bottom and tomorrow, like, I'm not that against it, but it depends on how quickly is the burger getting from lettuce went on there and then into my mouth. Because if the lettuce sits under hot meat for like two minutes, yeah, meat lettuce tomato, goes on top, and, and it's the if last tomato thing goes on. on the bottom, lettuce or tomato, like tomato on the bottom, and then the, it just gets soggy as like no, mm. that's yeah. the war crime for me. Yeah, or just once, yeah, I just feel like cheese it has to go in the middle with its melter because it just does that structural integrity movement of it holds the rest of the ingredients on top as well. So, 100%. And same thing when I double source my, my buns, it's uh, it holds it all together. It's a bit of a bit of something to grip onto, but I think everyone's on the same kind of page here. Not, not that controversial question. Yeah. Uh, Harvey asks, tonight's got a crowd of a 10, over 10K people to attend a trial game against the Bulldogs on a Monday. It's just too near proof that people of Newcastle need to get a life. Yeah, that's best, best fans much. in the league. I keep was, saying that. Yeah, they didn't really get given a, a great game for their turnout, did they? <laughs> uh, here we go. Justin asks, is Fuimono an anti-PVL plant with the goal to kill all the little men that PVL is bringing <laughs> back? <laughs> this might, bring back, might bring me back around to being pro-hip drop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <that's- laughs> Uh, V8 Tiger says NBA All Star is done, so the season gets serious now. Who are your picks for the East and West? Sorry, West and East finalists. You guys got any uh, basketball picks? Um, the Cavs. Correct. <laughs> I like the ca- the Cavs. Are, I like the Cavs now. Uh, I'm going. So for me, I think it's the Bucks out of the East. Maybe the Nets can do it. When they've got a uh, Kyrie, the change of the mandates in New York that he doesn't he can play home games. I think in the next coming weeks, so that's big for them. The West, uh, it, it looks like it'll be Suns Warriors, Warriors coming out, but I do think the Nuggets are getting up there for me. Like they're just been so good. They made some changes. Their bench a bit better, but they'll have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. A lot relies on them being fit, obviously, and performing. Looks like they'll be back before playoffs or during and. They could, they could be my smoky, but it's really hard to look past the Warriors and Suns. So if I had to pick the finals today, I'd, I'd probably say uh, Bucks Warriors if Draymond's fit. If Draymond's not fit, Bucks Sun. I say Cavs Lakers. <laughs> Any takes, Brian? Uh, I'm not a big basketball guy, so I can't yeah, give I much did, input here. Sorry, boys. Didn't have to give one. Uh, okay, Brenton Sloan. What kind of injuries are old NRL players more susceptible to than younger players? 
And a related question, does the prospect of having to do real-time reporting of these age-related injuries to Dolphins players next year upset the NRL physio? <laughs> a good question. Uh, yeah, that is a good question. Um, calf and hamstring injuries. And uh, yeah, look, I think we've already spoken about my self-loathing towards the Dolphins. I'm fairly realistic about, uh, yeah, about what it's going to be like next year. It's, uh, it's good that they're in the NRL, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of calves and hammies go next year, I reckon. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, next question. Two more questions. Um, yeah. Andy Siegs asks, for the Fizz, if you were the Dolphins CEO, would you simply sign better players for less money? <laughs> yes, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fine signing the current players that they've signed, but for less money. <laughs> yes. Uh, Six again asks, what's the gap from fit to play to full fitness like when coming back from major injuries? Uh, like different for different injuries, I think, um, you know, like, yeah, like a shoulder reconstruction, for example, for a middle forward, there's a, there's quite a, you know, like a four to six week softening up period, right. Where you're going to have guys who are fit to return to play, but they're still getting those, well, not miles in their legs, but miles in their shoulders in terms of contact and all that kind of stuff for an outside back. It's your ACL. Like they'll be fit to return to play between six to nine months, they usually won't get back to full performance and performing really, really well till 12, 15, 18 months. So, yeah, it can be quite significant for certain injuries and certain positions depending on um, depending on what the injury is and what the demands of that player's position is. There you go. Interesting. Okay. That's it, all the questions. Anything all right. to plug, Brian? Uh, yeah. Oh, look, just um, yeah, if you like, you know, that question before super coach or you want to know stuff about, um, you know, the implications of these injuries. I think we've spoken off air about how a lot of my stuff, you know, is mainly X number of weeks out, but why I set up the Patreon is I think for those super coach people who want to know, you know, not just when a player's back, but how's it going to affect their performance or their whatever. Um, yeah. Jump onto my Patreon, patreon.com slash NRL physio. Uh, it's a good old time. Uh, and you can go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies instead. We'll make sure he gets the money. And a <laughs> quick shout out to those people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Ben Wallace, Butsy, Ken Beswick, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Jace, G, James K, Jason, Joel, Joel, Joel Wrigley, bleh, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the Not Symmetry, Student Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Uh, Brian, has the COVID affected your ding dong or sadness? Uh, both. Both. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry to hear that. That's my condolences. Uh, we'll have uh, team previews coming starting this couple of days' time. So keep an eye out for those. Um, I'm excited. Uh, Brian, you can come do the Dolphins one in 2023. Yes, so I'm very excited for that to uh, to talk about that. But no, thanks for having me on, boys. Uh, a bit, bit uh, down this week and a bit uh, bored. So yeah, no, always good to jump on. Yeah, no, good. yeah thanks well, for you're welcome on. here anytime. Say goodbye, Brian. See you guys. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And goodbye from me.